So, let's get into the doctrine of Christ. And let's, let's just um, trust the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the one that does the revealing. But the word has to be spoken also for the revealing to take place. So let's go to let's go to First Thessalonians. We just need to for us to understand what's happening here. Okay. First Thessalonians chapter five verses twenty three. So it says here, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus. So, This scripture says that God would watch over your spirit, your soul, and your body. So there are three parts to man. Man is spirit, soul, and body. So we are not only this body that you see. We are not only this flesh that you see. Internally there is a soul. Internally there is also a spirit. Right? We are three. We were made in the image of God. God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. We are three in one. Spirit, soul, and body. The reason I mention this is because as we move forward with what I'm going to say, for sometimes the, the truths that are hidden in the scriptures, for us to properly understand understand them, we have to see that there are other parts of us, right, that, that where that truth is a reality, while it may not be true in our bodies that we experience, but it is true within our spirit, okay? Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 16, Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 16 sorry Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 16 Ephesians chapter 3 it says that that he that is God the Father would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man so there is a inner man and there is a outer man, right? There is, a, there is a part that is inside and there is a part that is outside. What we see is the outward man, the body, the, the, the little that I do have. But, right? Okay? And you know when I turn my head, then you see there's even less of it. Right? right? So there's an outer man. 
that you can see. But what you experience from the outer man is what flows from the inner man. How the soul, the mind has been conditioned to think. If the soul of, the, of you, if your heart is bitter, if you are angry, we experience it from your body. The manner in which you look. You know, you're angry. The way in which you treat someone using your body as the vessel to express what is happening internally. So there is an inner man inside of us that we must also be able to understand. We are not just an outer man. That's why the body, that's why the, sorry, the scripture says, the body without the spirit is dead. Right? And that's why when God formed man from the dust of the ground in Genesis chapter 2, from the dust of the ground, he formed a body and then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man woke up. So the body without the spirit is dead. And so God had made the body, but he needed to breathe in the inner man, right? Which, which came with the life that the body needs to live. Yeah, you're all with me. So there is a, you must see that difference. If you don't see that difference, then some truths that you read in the Bible doesn't make sense. And it cannot be applied to you, uh, or there can be a misapplication of your faith. Because you are not seeing it with the right perspective. And you need to understand that there is a inner man. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And verses 11. So I want to speak more structure, structured today. Last week I was going as it flows. Alright. Today I want to make sure... That not only are we capturing something, but we also understand it uh, mentally correct. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 11. For what man knows the things of man, except the spirit of man, which is where? In him. So there is a spirit of man that is in him. And so your inner man knows the things of you. Right? And this, and then it goes on to say, even so the things of God knows no man, but the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God is of God, and the Spirit knows what is in God, and the mind of God, and the counsel of God, and God has then given to us His Spirit, so that we may know the things. That are freely given to us by God. So what I want you to see. We don't want to get lost with all the other things. We want you to see that there is spirit, soul and body. That there is an inner man. And that there is the spirit of man. Which is not the Holy Spirit. But it is the spirit of man. There is the spirit of man. And there is the spirit of God. And... So there are two different things. So you have an inner man. Tell the person next to you, you have an inner man. Okay? Very important. So now as we go forward and we look at these things, what a, a lot of that I'm going to mention now is true for the inner man. Okay? 
it is true for the spirit of man. But it might not yet be true for your body. But it is true for your inner man. Okay? So, um, so when the scripture would say that you are born of God, we are not, you are not, when Nicodemus had a problem with being born again, it was like, how do you do that? How does a man go back into the womb of his mother and come out again? How can a man be born again? Jesus said, no, 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 no. That which is of flesh is flesh. Right? You came out, you can't go back. But the spirit, that which is born of spirit, is spirit. So we are not talking about the outer man. We are talking about the inner man. So when Nicodemus couldn't understand the born again stuff, is because he was thinking from the body. And therefore he couldn't make sense of it. And he couldn't apply it to him properly. But Jesus had to explain to him. I'm not talking about your flesh. I'm not talking about your body. I'm talking about the inner man that must have a born again experience. Be born of the spirit. And there is where this truth is a reality. But not in the body. Are, are you all with me? So, so that when you read the scriptures that you would understand that there are places where the scriptures would say you are crucified with him. And then you know if you are, if from, just from a, a proper natural perspective, if you are crucified, then something must be dead. Right? And if your old man is crucified, then you're thinking, but Lord, I'm doing all this, this stuff. Just turn to someone and tell them what you are struggling with quickly. You know, we all know that there's something we are challenged with, right? But now you think crucifixion, but it doesn't make sense. Because, Lord, I can still see. But you see, if you apply it to the inner man, it is truth. It is reality. So there are other places where the scriptures would say, put to death the deeds of your body, not spirit. You've got to read it carefully. So here, while the inner man is dead to sin, the outer man is still fighting the battle. But I must use the inner man by the power of the Spirit to put to death now the deeds, the sinful deeds of the body. Now it makes sense. It's clarity, right? And so to understand certain truths of the Bible, you have to understand that you are they are members to you. That's what the Bible talks about. Uh, put to death, therefore, the, your members which are on the earth. Which is that? Body. Members is body. And the members of man is spirit, soul, and body. Okay, are you all with me? Okay. So, let's get to Romans chapter 6. The doctrine of Christ. Right, Romans chapter 6, and I want to, I want to kind of explain to you the baptism into Christ. Okay. So, let's read verse 1. It says, how shall we, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And everybody knows the answer is? No. Verse 2. What's it? No, near. 
nichts ist. Okay. Verse 2. God forbid. Okay, we don't want to focus. That's not our focus today. Verse 2. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Dead to sin. No. Lord, how can I be dead to sin? I know. Ek wil nou nie eers vir my broer langs, of my sister langs my sê, wat is die goed in die? Right? Because I know, dead to sin, live any longer there in. So Paul's mind is that we are dead to sin. And he is so convinced about it, and he's saying, listen, you are dead to sin, you, you are not alive to it. But you're like, I, I know I am, I know what I'm going through. I know I sometimes get angry, lose my cool, and say things, and, and, you know, and then they have to put the silence on my mouth, you know, because, you know, we understand, right, that some, it doesn't gel together, the statement, because I'm looking at the outer man. So today, we are not looking at the outer man, we are looking at the inner man. Right? Verses 3. Know you not. Now, he, now he's trying to explain to you how you are dead to sin. Know ye not. Okay? Again, do you know that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Okay? So I was baptized into Jesus Christ and by being baptized into him, I was baptized into his death. Verses 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. So, baptism also buried me. And baptism also caused my death. Are you all with me? That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Or new, new state of existence. So baptism, according to these two verses, has caused you to be dead, and your death is to sin, and it has also buried you. And if we read a little further on down in the chapter, it also caused the old man to be crucified, right? The old nature and so on, to be crucified. And it also brought about a new life, a new state of existence, a resurrection life that you can live in. Right. So first point here, this is not water baptism. Okay? If you, if you think of this as water baptism, then you, you will still have a challenge with understanding the chapter. It is not water baptism that it is talking about. It is rather talking of an inner immersion or baptism that my spirit experienced for those realities to be mine. Okay? Are you all with me? So when we read, when I talk about baptism, I'm not talking about water baptism. Now, let me also give the disclaimer, I am not saying there is no water baptism. Okay? Tell the person next to you, he's not saying there is no water baptism. Okay? 
So you heard it from me and you heard it from the person next to you. So by the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything is established. It's clear. You can only say, okay. Anyway. So yeah. Right. So now, there are many baptisms in the Bible. Right? Let's read Hebrews chapter 6 and verses 1. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. Therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying, you see, perfection. Last week I told you you were perfect. Now today the Bible is telling you, you must go to perfection. Now what is it? Am I perfect? Am I not perfect? Come on now. Don't confuse me like this. But you see, where must you apply it? If I must still be perfect, it is to the other members of man. Because the inner man has experienced a reality, a perfection. But the outer man, right? The outer man and the other parts are still developing and growing into perfection. Are you all with me? Okay. So, then it says, from dead works or not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Verses 2. Of the doctrine of baptisms, plural. Baptisms. So, you get water, baptism. You get baptism in the Holy Spirit. You get baptism of suffering. Jesus, before he went to the cross, he said, I have a cup to drink that you are not, that you can't drink. And I, am a, I have a baptism with which I must be baptized in. Right? And that baptism was the suffering that he would endure. So there was a suffering there. Because in that suffering and that baptism, God is busy putting to death to things. For he, says the Bible, that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So the suffering and the baptism and the immersion is killing things that God has not yet killed in the other members of man. Are you all with me? Okay. So there are baptisms. Now, I mentioned three. There's another one. And that one is something that happened to your inner man. He was baptized into Christ. He was baptized into death. He was buried by baptism. Okay? It is something that God does for the inner man. So let's read 1 Peter chapter 3 and verses 20 to 21. Are you all with me? Okay. Welcome to my classroom. Okay. First Peter chapter 3 and verses 20. It says, Which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. Okay, you're all aware of the days of Noah? Um, while the ark was being prepared, that was that huge ship, that boat, that ark, that was being built for all the animals and the eight souls. Wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. They were saved by water. Verses 
21. What was that water? So in the Old Testament, nobody says it is baptism. But in the New Testament, we come and we see that was baptism. Because it says, the like figure, whereunto even baptism does also now save us. So now you, you, you see when we, don't, when we don't know about what baptism it's talking about, it confuses us. So now we have issues. Okay, so does water baptism save a person? If he gives his heart to the Lord, must we go water baptism, baptize him so that we are sure he's saved? Because the scripture says by baptism, baptism does now save us. It's confusing because if you apply it to water baptism, even though the previous verse is talking about water, but the water was a figure. There was physical water, but there is another baptism that is not physical, but that happens to the inner man. So what he is saying, the physical is teaching you about the spiritual one. Are you all with me? Just like, just like the Moses, in the, when Israel came out of Egypt and they were in the wilderness, and what did God do for, for Moses? He said, I will rain down bread for you from heaven. Is that right? God said to Moses, I will give you manna. Every day you shall go out and fetch manna. I will rain down bread for you. Okay? Then comes Jesus, but that was the figure, the type that was teaching you about the reality that's coming. And then when Jesus came, he says, Moses didn't give you the bread. I am the real bread. He that eats from this bread. Now, was he talking about his flesh? No. Because we don't eat his fingers. Okay? It's, it, trust me, it won't be finger licking good. Okay? We don't eat his fingers. We eat the substance that was in him that he brought from heaven when he descended. And that is the bread that was broken. Because he's not distributing his fingers. He's distributing the substance he brought from within him that gives life to everybody that eats, partakes, becomes one with that substance. Are you all with me? So it was teaching us a spiritual reality. God was doing it with Moses to teach them that one day the real bread is coming. So he gave us a picture of water baptism so that one day you would see you wouldn't experience the true baptism that would deal with things, that would save you. Are you all with me? Am I alone here today? You're all with me. Okay? Baptism. So it says, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. In other words, when you were, when, this is not water baptism that deals with the outer man. The putting away of the filth of the, of what? Flesh. He didn't say inner man. He said flesh. Right? But the answer of a good conscience. If I understand the baptism, it has an effect upon my conscience. 
When I approach God, I will, my conscience can be more free to engage God because there something was dealt with in me. I always, providing me with a clean conscience, a clear conscience to approach. And all of this was done by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So here we have baptism, but also resurrection. Right? Are you all with me? So what happened? What did God do? So let us look at the water baptism that happened in the days of Noah, where God covered the earth. He didn't sprinkle it. Oh, I know it was started with sprinkling and raining. But later on, they were immersed, totally covered in baptism by, by the water. In the water, they were totally immersed. So the word baptism means to immerse you, to make fully wet, to cover, right? But it also comes from another Greek word is bapto, which means to sink into or to, to kind of stain you like a dye. Clothes, when you dye your clothes. Okay? It's a dye. That's where baptism comes from. It's a staining. It's a dye. It's when the dye and the material or the garment that is, that is being immersed into one so that, so that the dye has an effect upon the garment, changing its color, right? So that it now has put on the color. Are you with me? Okay. You don't want this shirt to be white anymore. You want it to be purple. So you take the dye and you immerse it into each other, thereby changing the color of the shirt that is white, but also the shirt has now put on purple. How did it put on? By baptism, dye, stain. Are you all with me? Okay, so... Let us go to the type. Let us go to the shadow. Let us go to the, the literal one that teaches us the spiritual one. So in the days of Noah, God was upset with the people. They had sinned. Wickedness was there. Right? And because of the wickedness, the scripture says, when God saw that the, that the, that the imagination of the man's thoughts were continuously evil he said no i must bring an end to this so can you see where evil comes from imaginations the word imagination is the is the place of thoughts that's why you must gird the loins of your mind the place of creation what brings forth the living, the righteous living or the unrighteous living. But, so, then God said to, and then the scripture says, but Noah found grace. So, God says, I only want grace. But Noah was also called a righteous man. So, God wants righteousness through grace. But Noah means rest. But Noah, so it's only the true rest is in grace and righteousness. Right? So God wanted that to be, to come forth. So what did he do? 
He said, I am going to open every floodgate, every fountain. I'm going to make it rain. And I'm going to flood the earth. And I'm going to baptize them. Because that's what the Bible says here. That that they experienced was a baptism. And what was the purpose of the baptism? Is so that God could cleanse the earth of sin. So that God could buy that flood of water. A figure of baptism that he may wash it away. So that he may put to death every sinful act. He was killing it. He was, he was dealing with, by baptism of that water, he was putting away an old age. And then they entered into a new world where there is the man of grace, the man of righteousness, and rest from wickedness. You see, that is what God's intention was. But the water baptism teaches us what will really happen to us when the, when the real baptism comes along. Where God will then cleanse and save. And that, is, and that baptism is what really does save us. Okay? Are you still all with me? Okay? Just put water baptism on the side there. Okay? Right? So, I have to even make a correction. Let me just say this, my confession. I use Romans 6 to teach water baptism. Today I have to say, sorry, it was not water baptism. It was another baptism. That's why it just didn't kind of make sense. You know, you saw, but you didn't see the, the part. Sometimes God opens to you things, but you still carry the old an old understanding while other things open. And so God has to sometimes come along and then also edit the others. Right? So that there is full understanding. Okay. So are you all, are you all with me? So the way God cleansed that world of sin and wickedness, the way God buried that world, the way God put away that old age and brought forth a new age and a new generation in a sense where there's righteousness and grace was by baptism. So when we read Romans chapter 6, he says, do you not know that as many as have been baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? And then it says, right, so that, you, so that you would no longer live, right, in that old man, etc. And the old man is crucified, except all those happen by baptism. Okay? It happened by baptism. Okay. So, are we all together? Are you all understanding what I'm saying? Okay, so when we, what do we do in when we water baptize somebody? We take the person and we then get the water, okay, whether that's the bath or out in sea or a swimming pool, whichever. We take the person and then we 
immerse him into the water and then we bring him out. What do we say? When we put him into the water, we are burying and putting to death the old man. And then when he comes out, up out of it, is as if he has come into a new life, a resurrection experience. Now, water baptism can't do that. But there's a baptism that can. And that baptism has saved you from your sins. It is what God uses when you have faith in Jesus Christ. When faith is there, then He he uses baptism to accomplish what Jesus did for you and save you in the inner man. Right? Are you all with me? So, so in Romans chapter 6 verse 3, where there's the death, all the death happened by baptism. How did you come into Jesus? By baptism. Romans chapter 6 verse 3. No, you're not. That so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ. How did you get in? By baptism. How did you die? By baptism. Verse 4. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into his death. How, did you, how were you buried? By baptism. So baptism buries you. Baptism brings you into Christ. Baptism also brings you into death. Okay? That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. New state of existence. Okay? So, the, the, that baptism as it buried you, as it brought death to you, it also allowed you, because by baptism into the water and out, new life, raised New state of existence, a new page, as we would always like to say, right? Of there's a there's a new page for you. Are you all with me? A new life for you to experience. Okay. Right. So the baptism that happens, okay. That happens, this is how baptism saves you. It is when, it is when God accomplishes baptism with your spirit man. Remember? Outer man, inner man. The spirit of man, right? Then there's the outer man. The, the inner man is what God baptized. This is, when you understand that, that is how you will understand that baptism has saved you. Not water, baptism, but baptism in Christ. Though the other baptism, you used water. This baptism, you used who? Christ. The, the physical one, you were baptized into water. Talk with me. I need to make sure that you're with me. The physical baptism, you were baptized into where? Water. This inner baptism, you are baptized into what? Christ. 
So there are two different kinds here. One is into water. The other one is into Christ. As I am. So God takes my spirit man and immerses it into Christ. But when I am baptized into him, there are things that happen instantly. I buried. My spirit man gets buried. My spirit man dies. To what? Sin. Baptism also cleanses. Right? So when he baptized me into Christ, I am cleansed from sin. And then I come into him alive. I'm alive. I'm resurrected. So that baptism has saved me. It does not happen at water baptism. It happens at faith in Jesus Christ. So, because sometimes people are like, they still struggle with the concept of water, but they can accept the fact that Jesus died for them. Right? And so now, that's where we had the confusion. Demanded no be sick betgele. And there he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. But there was no time to baptize him in water. Is he saved or not? No, because water baptism doesn't save you. But there is a baptism that Jesus does. He immerses your spirit man into him. And you are washed from your sins. He washed away, like in the days of Noah, when he washed away wickedness. In baptism, he washed away your sin. He cleansed you. And now, your spirit man truly is dead to it. Your spirit man truly is cleansed from it. What? Sin. Your spirit man truly is buried. The old Spirit man, the man, that spirit of man that was still from the old Adam was buried by baptism into Christ. And then as I was put into Christ, I came into him. You know, if I, if I was good at graphics and video, those type of things, I would have made a movie for you. I was thinking, yeah, I was like a movie now. You know, like that supernatural type of movie, like the guy's walking through a wall or something, and you just like this. You know, like as, you, as you enter into Christ, how? By baptism. As you enter into Him, He kills, He washes, He cleanses, He buries, He deals with it. But you come into Him alive, a new man in Christ. You are a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. How did you get into him? By baptism. Huh? Okay. So, uh, so, you were saved by baptism. But not the water one. It was a figure of the reality. Okay. Now, we probably might not even get into the rest of the chapter of Romans 6. But if you go read it with this understanding. 
he all of a sudden will be like, yeah, I'm dead. Yeah, my old man is gone. Yes, I am crucified. Oh, Jesus, I bless your name. Oh, I glorify you. I have been made free from sin. Right? And now I must grow in the freedom. I must grow in the death. So that the rest of the other two can die with him. (laughs) Right? So I use the death in Christ to accomplish the death in the other members of man. How shall you, who are dead to sin, live any longer therein? No. Rather use your death to put to death the deeds of the body. Are you all with me? So, God gave us water baptism to show what He would do internally to you. What he would do to the spirit of man. You're all with me. This, however, did not happen when we were baptized in water, but when we were but when we believed in Jesus Christ, he then used immersion, baptism, and baptized our spirit man into Christ. Okay? You know, this happened to me last year when we were talking about the doctrine of Christ under the spirit of poverty. And as I was writing the notes about Christ, I heard the words baptism. And I was like shocked. I said, Lord, is this the baptism? And then I couldn't share that because I first had to figure it out for myself. Did I miss the baptism? I didn't see it. I didn't realize it. And I, but as I went along, it grew. It, I, yes, yes, I see, I see. Okay, this is why this chapter doesn't make sense. It, it makes sense in part, but not in whole. And, and so on. So I had to look at it. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3 and verses 26. Okay, now, now you will see how, how it happens. So, there's these things that I was seeing. I was seeing like, how did you get into Christ? I always said, by baptism. By baptism. But I confused it with water baptism. And now I realize, but there's a baptism that really does take you into Christ. It's on the inner man. Right? Are you all with me? Verse 8, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now, the, the actual translation should have been, you are all sons of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Right? Because the Greek word is huios. It's not technon or napios or one of the other Greek words that refer to children in a sense. Right? If I have three children, no matter the age, this mechanism. It's my children, right? But in children can be a baby, excuse me, a teenager, and an adult. But it's my children. But the Greek word here is not, I don't know why they use, but it should not be children. There is translations, I didn't have time to go and get those ones, where they translate it as sons. 
You are all sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now, whether you are male or female, we are all sons. So it's got, it's not, it's a gender free word, right? It's rather referring to the principle and what God wants to communicate to us through that, that idea and concept that you are sons. The sons are heirs, because if you come from the Old Testament, the, the sons, the males, sons, were given the right to be firstborn privilege. And they were the ones to lead the family. You always see it's male leading families, right? But in the New that was to teach us the spiritual truth of sonship that is gender free now. And whether you are male or female, you are a firstborn in Christ Jesus. Right? And that you have also the privilege. You are also sitting on the seat with Christ, in Christ. Are you all with me? Okay. So, so when, you, when you believe in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, God in flesh, when you believe that Jesus was God in the flesh, who came, the Word made flesh, when you believe that Jesus was not just a man, but He was God in the flesh, that came to us, then, by that belief, you have been made sons of God. Okay? Then, you see how the Scriptures, just watch how the Scriptures go in sequence. Verses 27. For as many as have been baptized into Christ. Who? Water or Christ? Christ. Not water. Christ. As many as have been baptized into Christ have done what? Put on Christ. What did I tell you? The Greek word baptism comes from the word bapto. Greek word first, baptizo. Baptizo comes from bapto. Bapto means to stain, to, to immerse you into something but to, like a dye, so that you are, so that you change your color. Now remember, how do you put Christ on? By baptism. Because the word put on in the Greek means to sink as into a garment. So baptism is to, to give it a dye. Immerse it into something. Sink it into something. And when that happens, there is a putting on. Just like the white shirt, when it, has, when it experiences the dye, it puts on the color purple. So in the same way, as God takes your spirit man, the old man when you believed in Jesus the Christ, He takes the old man when He sees your faith. No man can see your faith. But when you see, when you truly believe in Jesus the Christ that came and died for your sins, when there is faith, when he who knows the hearts of a man, right, when he sees that, he takes your spirit man and he immerses it into Christ. When he immerses it into Christ, he then buries the old man. He then buries the old sinful nature. He then takes, he then takes you and he kills you. He gives you a death. 
Right? And as he brings the death and he brings you into Christ, you experience life. A new life. A new state of existence. But you were, you were sinking into Christ. Remember, to put on Christ means to sink into. So your spirit man was sink. He was immersed. He, he, had, a, he had a die. Right? I don't know. Do you understand? Yeah. You see, some of, some of you here, uh, ladies, you die away. Don't go there. Oh. Okay. Tread carefully. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one day I'll also start dying my maybe. You never know. <laughs> right? So, you, you, and your, your, it takes on another color. When I was baptized into Christ, I took somebody on. His name is Christ. I have put him on. As he is, so am I. Therefore man shall leave his father and mother and he shall cleave, be joined, united to his woman. And they shall become one. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. If you have been baptized into him as into a die, you have become one with him. Okay? Uh, Read the next verse. You see, it all makes sense. Read the next verse. Verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. Why? Because we are not talking about the outer man. We are talking about the inner man. There is no Jew nor Greek. There is no bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. Because we are not talking about the outer man. We are talking about the inner man. For you are all what? Wow. And Jesus prayed, Father, I pray that you would make them one as we are one. You in me and I in you and them in us so that we would be one. He did it. He achieved it. He did it. We are one as he is. So am I. I have put him on. And you know the word die. Need what honey? Die. The clearer. If you go Google the definition, it means when a when a substance is chemically bound to the material in which to, it is immersed into so he uses these were all pictures of the reality tell the person next to you ek het christus aangetrek <laughs> come on that means you see now i mean now now read galatians chapter 2 Galatians chapter 2, verses, verses 20. You see, so God achieved what Jesus prayed for. Father, I pray. Right? He was praying for a oneness with Him. And He made us one. 
It says, I am crucified. Nevertheless, I. But it's not me that's loving. Someone else is loving in me, in my spirit man, because we are one. He, because I am united with him, he's the very life that's giving me life. So, but Christ loves in me. And the life which I now love where? In the? Yeah? Flesh. I love by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How do I live by faith? I see the realities of the inner man and I choose to walk by that. I can't see it, but the word is showing it to me now. And if there's a revelation, you will see something that you never saw before. I have died with him. I am freed from sin. I am delivered from sin. My old man is crucified. But I know that the the outer man still needs to be crucified. Put to death. And this is where Paul would say, I have a desire to know the fellowship of his sufferings. That I might know the power of his resurrection. In other words, the more you grow into the death that has already happened, the more the life that is already there starts to reveal itself. Are you all with me? The, what, what must hit you here is, someone must come out of you and say, I, I'm dead. I'm dead to sin. Because if I'm baptized into Jesus Christ, I was baptized into his death. And death is separation from sin. So, let the poor say, I am. Right? Say. So, your confession of faith is not trying to make something happen. It is actually an agreement with what has happened so that the power and the grace that is within my spirit man can give me dominion over the body of sin. Are you all with me? Okay? Do you see that? Those are scriptures. So, if you go read Romans chapter 6 on your own time, you know, I said, now, if by faith you can agree, then you will, start, you will start to experience something different. This is why God doesn't have to free you, because He already freed you. It's you must by faith grab it. So, God is not denying your freedom, He's rather saying, you must lay hold. Of the freedom that I gave to you in your spirit. This is how we say, walk in the spirit. How do we do that? We walk by the realities of the inner man. That's why I say I had a struggle. Should I call this the doctrine of Christ? Or should I call this the inner realities of Christ? 
So, how did you put Christ on? By baptism. When did that happen? When there was true faith in Jesus the Christ. Okay? So, and the, now what must happen is you must strengthen your faith. Now you must labor in your faith so that you believe, you have conviction that I am dead. I know my body is fucking nonsense on, but I'm telling you, Jay, that's a do it with a clear fart. I died with Christ. And by that death, I'll put you to death. I'll kill you. Right? I'll crucify you. Because I was crucified. You lay hold of the reality. Faith is substance. There is something that did happen. You are dead. And when you talk with God, when you engage with God, you engage with Him from your spirit. God is spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. It's a reality. That's why faith works with realities. Not with something I want to produce as if it is not. It is so. I am dead. I am a son. I am alive. I am. My old man is crucified. I am free from sin. I declare. I build it. I, I affect the imagination of my mind. So that I can produce the life that is within me. Are you all with me? There is a reality. Okay, my time is finishing. Let's. Let's go to John chapter 17 and we finish it there. John chapter 17 and verses 20. Verses 20. You know, it was a challenge to know where should I start here, you know, because should we start with first in John chapter 13 and build it up into the because how I came to understand this is because I I was I got the understanding of John 13 14 15 and 16 even into 17 of remember what Jesus said if you believe you will be in the father and in me and we will be one how did he do that by baptism when I heard it's like okay but let's read this it says here now Jesus is John chapter 17. Jesus is about to go to the cross. And he's now saying his prayer. And he says. And you know he's talking his desires and he's praying. And he says. Neither pray I for these alone. But for them also. Which, which shall believe on me. Through their word. Hallelujah. Eh? Hallelujah. Jesus. I mean. He was talking to his disciples and said, Is he not for Joni? As for all those people that will believe when they preach. All those people that will believe when you preach this word. I, Father, I pray for them also. 
I pray for those in the future that will believe as these disciples believe. Jesus prayed for you long before you even existed. He prayed that the day you believe that something will happen to you. What must happen to you? Verse 21. That they all may be one. As thou, Father, are in me. And I am in you. That they also may be one in us. See, verse... That the world may believe that you have sent me. Verse 20 said, Father, when they believe. Give me, give me, give me verse 20 again. Watch. Remember I said, how does this happen? When true faith comes. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which believe on me through their... You see, when they do what? When they believe the word. And the only one that can really determine whether you have believed is not me, not your brother or your sister, but God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. They know when there's faith. And when there's faith, He will give you a baptism that saves you. So first you believe externally. He's out there. He died for me. He, who He is, He's Christ. He's God in the flesh. He came. He's the Word that was made flesh. And when I see and believe that, then there's a, then something, then it takes that which Christ died for. Then He now brings and He immerses me into Christ by faith in Him. He baptizes me into Him and He makes me one with Christ. Because remember what I told you, Christ is Father and Son. The Father is in the Son and the Son is in the Father. But we were not in Christ. In the Father and the Son. But He says the day you believe, I will do what? I will baptize you into us. So that when you are in Christ, you are in the Father and you are in the Son. And the Son is in you. And if the Son is in you, then the Father is also in you. You cannot have the Father without the Son. And neither can you have the Son without the Father. They are one. So baptism into Christ is into the Father and the Son. Right? Now, look, so give me verse 21 again. So if you believe, he says, that they may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in them, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. Right? Verses 22. And the glory which you, which you have given me, I, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Christ in you is the riches of God's glory. Verses 23. I in them and you in me. You see, if Christ is in you, then the Father is also there. 
You are so close to the Father. He lives in you through the Son. And that the world may know, so that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved me as you have, so, and loved them as you have loved me. And that oneness obviously needs to work itself out in all practicalities. Okay. Are you all with me? Are you dead? Are you dead in your inner man? You are dead in your inner man. Okay? So, you are alive. The only way you can be alive in Christ is if you have experienced your death in Christ, in your inner man. Because he said, we are planted into the likeness of his death that we may also walk in the likeness of his resurrection. So, it is an inner reality. Let's stand. I ask you to listen to this over and over. Meditate. Don't cancel what I say or what I said about baptism before listening, reading the scriptures that I gave and understanding what I'm saying, how I explained it. I mean, you can't say, I am in Christ at the right hand. Because how are you in Christ? By baptism. And it's not by water baptism. Water baptism has its place. And I'm not cancelling water baptism. I am saying, there was a baptism that we were baptized with. And that brought us into Christ. You, right now, are seated at the right hand of the Father. You are in Him. When you pray, you are not coming. I am there. In Him. In Christ. At the right hand. Far above. I am dead to sin. I am alive to Him. Truly, He did take away our sin and I will use that victory to overcome the sinful deeds of the body let's lift up our hands Father right now I pray as a son someone who is in Christ because of the finished work of Christ that was applied to my spirit man. I was dead in sin. But I was forgiven of my trespasses. And now I was made alive in Christ. And I was raised in Christ. And I ascended in Christ. And how by baptism I and we are alive we worship you in spirit. We bless you from our spirit man. We praise you for victory. And we pray that faith would come. 
That faith in the substance and the reality of the finished work of cross inside of us. You died so that I may die in you. You were raised so that I may be raised in you. And I praise you today for your truth. And I praise you today that we are alive. We sense you. We sense your voice. You speak to us. And I pray, Father, that the victory of the cross would be our victory. Would be the victory that we would apply over our outer man. So that the deeds of the body will be put to death by the life of Christ. And by the Spirit of God that is within me, we have put Christ on. As He is, so am I. Christ truly does live in me. And you say in Romans chapter 6 that we are to know this. We are to reckon it so. We are to come to a a conclusion that truly we are buried in Him. And therefore, I have been given power to choose to surrender to righteousness so that my body would, be, would do deeds of holiness. We have been freed. And we bless you and we praise you and we glorify you. And my prayer is that the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord, strip the veil. Lord, remove the veil, Father. Lord, remove the blindness. Lord, the misapplication of the water baptism. Lord, that we may experience the realities of what already has been done inside of us. And Lord, that we may experience that power over our bodies and our souls, Lord, that they may be further clothed with Christ. We are one with you. Thank you, Jesus, for praying for us when you were on the way to the cross. You prayed that we who would believe in this word would also be brought into you and you have done it you have answered your prayer you have fulfilled your word and we bless you and we thank you for that reality in Jesus name and everybody say amen and amen so my prayer my prayer is that when you pray that you would now have confidence let us come boldly to the throne of grace.